Welcome back to episode 17 of the FBL Draft Hub podcast. It's back. Welcome back, Draft Fantasy Managers. It has been a little while. And unlike that Christmas in 2008, when your dad went to stay with his mates for a couple of nights, the Premier League has actually come home. What better way to get over this alcohol gel hangover that we find ourselves in with the return of draft fantasy football. Now this pod is just going to be a whistle-stop tour of everything we can expect over the next six weeks to get you fully primed for the end of the season. Let's get into it. So the fixtures for the next three game weeks, which have been dubbed 30+, 31+, and 32+, have been fully outlined. There will be no games played in neutral stadiums, as had been rumoured previously. And the following six game weeks will occur over the following three weeks, with a midweek game week every week. So the last game week, 38, as is usual, um, where all the matches will be played at the same time, is scheduled for Sunday the 26th of July. All games will be played behind closed doors, which should be a big leveller. And if we're to look at the Bundesliga as an example, has pretty much negated home advantage there. So we have a fully mapped out fixture list, as I said, for the next uh, 16-day period up until the 2nd of July. Within that as well, we have some FA Cup games and a few teams also have uh, two fixtures in the opening game week, that being Arsenal, Man City, Villa and Sheffield United. It's quite a hectic schedule and will be the case for the remainder of the season with not a lot of rest between games. Um, The games are spread throughout the week with weekday slots of 6 and 8pm and up to four slots on a weekend so that all of the games can be shown on TV. The FA Cup quarterfinals will be played on the weekend of the 27th, 28th. So for the likes of Sheffield United, Man City and Arsenal, who are still involved in that competition and have an extra game to play in the league, all have five games to play in the next 15 or 16 days. As well as all the games being played behind closed doors, the other big change is that teams will now be allowed to make five substitutions per match. And the matchday squads has therefore increased from 18 to 20 players. Managers can still only make changes in three substitution periods to have to make at least a couple of double subs in order to make use of their full roster potential. And the reason for that is to stop time wasting. There's still lots to play for in the league. Um, Quite a few teams in the top half will have an eye um, on Champions League football. And I'm sure that the managers will have that as their aim. I think going down as low as Arsenal and Spurs and all the teams above them, Sheffield United, Wolves, Man U will all be eyeing up that fourth Champions League spot. I think it'll be very difficult for any of them to break in with Man United probably the best place. Below that, I think Burnley and Crystal Palace may have half an eye on on sneaking into a Europa League spot. Then at the bottom of the table, there are six teams all trying to avoid the drop. Um, I think it's fair to say that Norwich will will struggle to get out of that. And then of the remaining five, it goes Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham and Brighton, who will all be scrapping to avoid that big drop into the championship. Um, In the middle there, you've got Everton, Newcastle and Southampton, who are all safe from the drop and don't really have much to play for. But uh, 
that doesn't really mean much as it gets towards the end of the season as you can still see a lot of surprise results from these teams with the shackles off. Of course, we've been away for um, more than three months now, which means a lot of players who were injured for a while back when we broke um, in March are now back and fit again with a good three months to rehab as much as they want without the pressure of uh, match days coming and going. So the likes of Pogba, Rashford, Kane, Son, Allison, Tammy Abraham, McGinn are all back in contention now and maybe you know, players that would have been dropped before the Premier League stopped and despite that, waivers have still been processed during um, the game weeks that have been going on. The game has been like a ghost ship drifting through the Arctic and some savvy managers have managed to commandeer that ship and pick up some of these players already. If you're in a league where um, a lot of people switched off during that period and some of the guys I just mentioned are available there, then this will be a big, uh, big waiver window coming up tomorrow. In uh, on the 16th ahead of the, the opening game week of the restart but you might find that there's stiffer competition for those guys now that everyone's awake to the fact that they're back I'm not going to get too much into individual teams and players during this podcast and I think we'll all be a lot more knowledgeable after this first game week's um, been played and we can see how different managers are looking to utilise those five substitutes which players are now in the reckoning and who's fully fit and who's had one too many slices of banana loaf during the break. I think from the teams um, chasing those Champions League spots, Man United have some good fixtures, um, and Spurs have quite a good run in too. Arsenal and Chelsea have a slightly trickier run, and Leicester have probably the hardest run out of those top teams, but should have enough to keep in the top four. And at the bottom, Aston Villa have a really difficult run, despite starting with that double game week, which might entice quite a lot of managers to their players. They've still got to play the likes of Chelsea, Wolves, Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal, and they'll have to take points in those games if they want to stay up. By the nature of the draft game, the breadth of players that will be selected by managers is a lot wider than in the traditional game. So the likes of Manchester City will have most of their attacking assets in somebody's team regardless of the fact that they might not play 90 minutes every match. So some of those players who've been very much a rotation risk, like Mares, uh, Gunduan, will you know probably be in managers' teams, and it'll be interesting to see how the five substitutes plays in and whether or not these become more or less valuable as a result. I think we can probably guarantee that they'll make more appearances, but whether they actually get more meaningful minutes will be interesting to see. On a practical point, the draft game is obviously um, the week is revolved around the waiver period and the free agent period and when you can make your trades. Traditionally, the game weeks are sufficiently spread so that there's usually a 24-hour period of free agency right before the game week window shuts and the waiver deadline, as it says, generally 24 hours before that game week window shuts. So... With the way these fixtures are spread out, in many cases, there's not, there's no more than 24 hours gap between the game weeks. So it means that usual deadline and that usual buffer window won't apply. It remains to be seen exactly how they're going to spread these windows out. My guess is that, for example, if the game week finishes on a Wednesday, the next game week starts on the Thursday, the waiver deadline will probably be mid-morning 
to around noon uh, on that Thursday with just a few hours of free agency period up to the game week window closing in the evening. Whatever it is, I think it's just a case of staying vigilant, keeping an eye on the timings so that you don't forget. Um, I think with the amount of football that's going to be played, people will have quite a close eye on their fantasy teams and so it shouldn't be too hard to see when the waivers are coming and going and it might be worth just penciling in some waivers as the week goes along if there are any players that stand out to you so that uh, at least you've got some penciled in if you forget the window. Whatever happens in these final nine game weeks, I think the draft format of the of the game is particularly well suited to this and managers, as I said earlier, have a much broader range of players that they're usually able to select from and will select from. And those who are able to pick out the players who are nailed on to get starts, um, who are nailed on to get 60 minutes, and are able to find some clean sheets and goals during the next nine weeks will be the ones who who are rewarded for that. Now, many leagues will have set up uh, the season in a head-to-head format, which is what many of the American fantasy sports games are based on, and is what many associate best with the format. And as the rusting giant cogs and gears of FBL began rotating again last week, there was a disappointing announcement from uh, official FPL for those involved with head-to-head leagues, um, being that all head-to-head leagues, which were started at the beginning of the season, have now concluded, and those wishing to continue will have to make new leagues. Um, Now here at FPL Draft Hub, we predict that affects somewhere between 15 and 20,000 draft leagues, um, which is unacceptable from the official Premier League Fantasy Hosting Service, who should lead the way in content, features and their reach. No word of apology was offered in the statement issued last week and no word of apology has been given to any users expressing their disappointment on social media. Instead, they've tried to put a positive spin on the situation by encouraging more users to create head-to-head leagues for the final nine game weeks. And to me, this shows just a lack of respect for the draft aspects of their game. I'm sure the game developers have been under huge pressure lately to make the appropriate background coding alterations to allow the game to continue with the adjusted game weeks. Um, But unfortunately, that obviously couldn't stretch to fixing things with the head-to-head leagues. If this is the case, I think an explanation and an apology could have gone a long way. The likely repercussions now are that many managers will be quite apathetic to their leagues um, and will look to rival game developers. Draft fantasy football is a much more personal fantasy football experience than the standard game. Draft leagues are dependent on a fair amount of valuable investment and there's nothing more valuable than time. There's organisation of the draft itself, weekly waivers, and enough time spent discussing trades to make our partners think we're having an affair. This isn't to mention the monetary prizes many attached to their leagues, which will now have to be redistributed somehow. I've contacted the official FPL game with these thoughts and have asked them to simply post an apology for the disappointment caused by this decision. And I will wait uh, and post any response I get, but hopefully you'll be able to see that yourselves from them. The only solutions I can suggest for those affected is to either redraft the teams you had 
prior to the game being paused and tried to complete the season as best you can and then manually combine the wins, draws and losses with your previous table. Or another option for those potentially with money attached to their leagues is to pay out maybe three quarters of the prize pots and then start afresh for a smaller prize um, with the final nine game weeks making up a mini season in their own right. But uh, unfortunately there isn't really an ideal way to work around this now. To sum up then, um, I think when you're plotting your waivers and trades and constructing your teams again, reacquainting yourself with the players that you managed to get in three months ago, the real important aspects for you to consider are how your players will fare in the busy schedule, how much of a rotation risk they are and minutes they can expect to get, the fact that games are being played behind closed doors, so it might be a more simple case when looking at fixtures to just ignore home and away, but we might get a better sense of how that's going to play out in England once we've had a couple of game weeks. Five substitutes per game, so a lot more players will see time, which means... Some of those players who were regularly getting 60 minutes before may now only be getting 45, 50 minutes. And finally, players that have not been part of your plans due to injuries can very much now be considered again. Many of you will have explored and signed up to fbldrafthub.com where you'd been able to get some interesting and nuanced stats and graphs for your leagues and see how you're faring in terms of lots of different metrics Lots of work's been going on behind the scenes to make that site even better. The site team are working very hard to try and get everything sorted out prior to this game week starting, but it may end up being slightly delayed into next week. But many of the new features are well worth waiting for, and I'll refrain on commenting too much now until you're able to check them out for yourselves. But keep an eye on our Twitter feeds for info of when the site is live, And you'll be able to explore those for yourself. So I hope everyone is looking forward and geared up for the return of the Premier League on Wednesday. And I've already started tinkering and trading and looking ahead to the waivers ahead of that first double game week. I hope those with head-to-head leagues haven't been too disheartened by their leagues finishing soon. And can find some way to enjoy the rest of the season in terms of fantasy football. Given the tight turnaround between game weeks between now and the end of the season trying to line up podcasts with the game weeks is going to be virtually impossible but rest assured um, I will try and get at least one or two a week out between now and the end of the season with the usual team discussions player picks and ones to identify in your waivers and trades so as always stay shook and I will be back in your ears very soon